0: Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Interesting marking day once again as we saw some negativity continue in the grain complex. Though it was nice to see some green on the screen for the livestock. We're going to dive into what is happening in this market. Is it a chance we should be riding this all? What are the charts telling us? We've talked about it being a weather market, but how much of it is it since some areas getting that were droughted are now getting some much-needed rain. Add to that the tone of China, and could we have seen the highs? Just a few of the things we're going to look at today as Brian Split joins us. He is with agmarket.net. So, Brian, I think we need to start out here. What are the charts telling us as we look at these markets on a day like today?
1: Well, I think the, uh, the one chart specifically that stands out is the July corn chart. And um, so that chart uh, has a, a pretty good looking head and shoulder top on it and today we broke through what would be the neckline of that head and shoulder top Uh so we had built some some previous lows uh and the first low was made as we uh made some lows here in late April and that was right before that that hard run up to the contract highs that we had know between the the very beginning of May and then uh, the, the highs that were made along that May wasdi report so that was a 629 and a half low on July uh, then we we'd come off those highs and we made a secondary low at 633 and we did that uh, about a week ago and so today we got through 630 uh, a couple points today we were trading the the 40 cent limit down and uh so at, at this point, it looks like you've got a, a head and shoulder top that's been confirmed. Today was also an outside day down. So what I mean by that is we had opened uh, above yesterday's high price. We had closed below yesterday's low, so that's a very negative reversal signal. Um, and unfortunately, this would suggest that the July corn contract will go all the way down to about the 530 to 540 area for this measurement. Um, now, with that... That doesn't surprise me because we spent all the way between mid-January all the way to to the end of March making highs up against 540, and, and that trading range was right there. So that's where this market projects to right now.
0: So you look at that, and obviously uh, there's been continued talk about, and we, I mentioned at the beginning about this weather being such a, a weather-related market this year, but it's so nice to see some pictures on social media of those very dry areas getting lots of rain, and as you attest to, might be causing for a slowdown in some final corn planting.
1: Right. I had a, a client, actually, I talked to today, and he uh, farms near Goodland, and, and two months ago, the concern was how dry it was and uh, he wasn't sure that, uh, he was gonna be able to get all of his, his intended acres to corn, planted to corn, because of how dry it was. And then it started to rain and then it kept raining and when I talked to him today he said Brian I've got half of my corn crop in and now I'm not sure I'm gonna get the other half in because of how wet it is uh, so you know his feeling is that he needs six to seven good drying days just to get back in the field and get some more work done so uh, you know the, t- the the things have changed rather dramatically for him as far as the conditions of his ground uh, and and Things have changed just as as quickly in the marketplace as well, and and a lot of that is driven by this moisture uh, that has come through the Midwest. Uh, We've seen some moisture hit the Northern Plains into Canada that's helping some of their crop. Um, and and so that is is part of what's driving this this uh, risk off attitude right now in the agricultural commodities,
0: which is good to see um, because we know that this has been such a, a weather related concern, and I think of the wheat market for example. But as we look at the the bigger picture, this trading of bearishness, how long do you think it's going to last?
1: Well, I think the market has a, a job to do and. Some of the the technical points below the market, we're gonna see people start really shouting about those, so we talked about what the measurement is for the head and shoulder top on the on the July contract uh as we look at the December contract, really the path of least resistance looks like it's down. There's not a lot of support between today's close, and uh really, if you get back into these early March highs around four eighty six four eighty seven you've got the hundred day moving average at four ninety one You've got the uh the gap that was left after the quarterly stock report at the end of March. that gap would get filled at four seventy seven and a half so there's an awful lot going on in that area uh and and you know when you look at the whole rally that we've had from the lows made uh in August all the way up to the contract highs um a full sixty two percent retracement of that just takes you back to the high that we had on the january report that that first bullish report that was a four sixty five and a half high sixty-two percent retracement of the whole rally takes you to 463 and three quarters so um, I, I'm not gonna to say that those downside targets are are out of reach uh, because of the these are just measurements that the chart is suggesting are possible and to be honest with you Susan I would rather have that gap filled before we get to pollination uh, and then get that out of the way before we get to a summer weather market then have the market catch here and then go back up just because that's going to leave that gap as a target down the road. Uh, I'd rather see this market come down, and fill the gap, and then revisit some higher prices down the road and maybe, you know, see a, uh, a weather issue develop that, uh, that lets us stick at some of those higher prices through the rest of the marketing year.
0: As we've seen at the beginning of this growing season, weather at market can change in a heartbeat and we could go back to that dryness, which will bring some more concerns into the trade.
1: It will um, right now you 've got i think we 're in the process of of probably overdoing it to the downside, and so I do think the market may go lower than, than a lot of people think it should, but when you when you look back at some of the recent estimates that we 're seeing from acres, and I know there's one outfit that stands out in particular uh, they were about five point seven million acres above the usda 's current estimate, uh, but it, the market may want to price that in and it may want to price that in with a trend line yield on it, and what type of price that give us. Uh, and then we'll do that before we even get into the summer weather market. We've done that before. where We make some late uh, spring, early summer lows. Um, and think about this. I mean, in 2012, and, and when we had that drought, and I'm not saying we're going to have a drought this year, but the market really ignored it for a long time. And it didn't decide to make that move uh, un- until we were late in the month of June. So-
0: Folks, we've got a lot more coming up. And- <laughs> Welcome back to the Fontenelle final bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield, continuing that conversation with Brian Split. He is with AgMarket.net. So as we look at what's been happening, uh, diving a little bit to these soybeans, it seems like they've gotten on the struggle bus and they just cannot find out where the exit's at. And um,
1: that bus fortunately for soybeans is driving slower than the struggle bus for corn. Um, It's going in the same direction, but I think, uh, you know, in the previous segment we had talked about this idea of corn picking up all these acres, uh, potentially pricing that in. I don't think you can can price in a bunch of corn acres and a bunch of bean acres at the same time. So I think the bean market is under pressure and we're likely to continue to go lower, but it's not in the mindset of all these extra acres coming into beans. But I do think there's going to be a period of time when the market realizes that we probably didn't see all those acres go to corn. I've talked to a lot of producers that, because of the price of fertilizer and because of the uh, lack of inputs and the same, uh, you know, revenue per acre, where they went beans instead. And so, I, I, I believe down the road we're going to have a period where corn says, "You know what? We're not going to have this many corn acres. It's going to be less than that." Um, corn will start to recover. And we're going to start to have the bean market come under a little bit more pressure with the idea that some of those acres went to beans. Um, now, we're also going to see the reproductive phase for corn come earlier in the year, and that's no secret. That happens every year. We're going to pollinate corn before we really fill the bean pods. Um, that's where I think the the corn market will be the leader to the upside again once we get our domestic weather market going. But um, this November bean, uh, I guess, if you if you just kind of put it in a in a matter of context. Um, we have yet to test the lows that were made, uh, right at the end of April. And so that was that 1312 area on uh, November. <clears throat> we're 1347. So we're a full 35 cents above that yet. December corn, when you look at its late April lows, well that was back at the, uh, the five Thirty-seven and a quarter level. So we're a full twenty cents below that. Um, so this corn market is is way ahead of the soybean market as far as the the profit taking from the funds, and the pricing in of negativity on the fundamental side. Uh, I think it'll catch up to beans, but the the corn market's going to find its lows first.
0: What about this tone with China and our commodities? We saw a six day run where they were just buy buy buy. What does this mean as we look into the future, and, and is that attitude going to continue and have an effect on our trade?
1: Well, I guess the first thing that uh, we should think about when you mention the buying from China, and it's great to see that buying, but that is one of the true, true indicators of a top being made in the market. Is not when the market goes down and gets bad news. It's when the market gets more good news and it can't go up. Uh, and we saw that where the, the Chinese uh, had purchased a tremendous amount of corn in a very short period of time, and the market could not go up on that news. It tried uh, it, it tried to bounce, and we just couldn't get through resistance. And so uh, I think that's one thing that's really important is, is that was our really – first signal that the market was not going up on positive news anymore. Uh, but what's going on with China right now is there's a lot of rhetoric from China and a lot of talk about trying to curb commodity prices, uh, trying to clamp down on commodity speculation. So China does not want high commodity prices. Uh, and, and so what it seems like is they're talking out of both sides of their mouth because <clears throat> they don't want the, the speculator to drive prices up. They don't want high internal prices for commodities, but also in order to not have high internal prices for commodities, they have to have enough of the actual product. Um, so it seems to me like they're talking the market down so that they can come back in and buy more at some lower levels. Uh, I would expect that they're going to uh, continue to do that over the next couple of weeks and that as we approach our own domestic weather market, China will come back in and start securing some more of those needs.
0: So having, sen- having said that, is there the possibility that we could see a secondary run on the market or is those highs in place and we're just going to see some bouncing a little bit back and forth between the lows and the highs? Uh,
1: so Susan, my opinion is that the, uh, the highs have been made uh, without a major weather event. So without us actually um, turning into a real hot and dry uh, period, uh, I think w- without a, a real event coming to fruition, yes, the highs have been made. So, um, whether or not we go into a drought, who really knows? Um, like I said in, in the other segment in 2012, it, it took a little while and, uh, it was, it was almost to July before the market said, hey, we, we really got to correct what's going on. Um, now I do think there will still be an event, um, over the next, 30 to 45 days where we say, well, wait a minute, we took this market too low, um, what are the odds that we're going to have a trend line yield? A trend line yield is three bushels an acre above our current record yield that we've grown real world conditions, not on the USDA's balance sheet.
0: Best way for folks to get a hold of you, Brian.
1: Uh, you can reach anybody at uh, agmarket.net at 8... 8- uh, at 844 uh, eight four 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 ag market so 844 uh, 424 you reach me directly at 815 Twitter is at BJSplit, and uh, our website is www.agmarket.net.
0: And that is the Fontanel Final Bell being brought to you by Fontanel Hybrids and all your local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.